0: Welcome Welcome to to Beyond Beyond This Space, Space, the podcast where we choose topics each week to hold space with. So
1: what does hold space mean?
0: Hold space means that we discuss how each concept impacts our world today.
1: Does it help it or does it actually hurt us?
0: Or maybe we're missing something that we can't afford to miss.
1: In a world full of craziness, we want to be a safe space.
0: We're not here to be the calm, but to question the chaos.
1: My name is Long.
0: And I'm Kristen. And welcome to the conversation.
1: Alright guys, welcome back. Thank you guys so much for tuning in again for another episode of Beyond the Space. And today we have one of our very own with us, right?
0: Yes, she's one of our really good friends and we work alongside her. Her name is Christine Martin. What's up guys? So Chris, you are another person that does a lot, but one of your main things is you are a
2: youth pastor. Yes, I am. I love it. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but it's my favorite. I love it.
0: It's so funny. It is one of your biggest passions. I know that. Mm-hmm. And so we love that you have that heart for the next generation.
1: Yeah, and just curious. I mean, especially being a woman in ministry, specifically youth ministry, right? Yeah. The amount of backlash maybe or social Talks that go around um, About women shouldn't be in this type of leadership or that kind of stuff I'm sure you face a lot of different fears and struggles being who you are today because you believe in, in what you do My question is what helped you gain courage to overcome your your
2: fears? So that's like an intense question right off the bat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Um, so there's it's like a complex question. I, I don't know if you guys have been talking about enneagrams or anything like that. I found it like a helpful tool. And um, I think there's a part of me that definitely grew up. Well, I do grew up in the church to start. And so reading scripture and you see this part, well, you know, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a love, joy, and a sound mind. And there's a point where scripture is awesome, memorize it, hold it in your heart. But this part of, well, the Bible says, don't be afraid. Therefore, not afraid. The end. Right. And I got to a place where I was, like, kind of ignoring fears, if that makes sense. And I didn't really, like, acknowledge that I really was dealing with a lot of fear. And then, you know, really looking at how I'm observing, how I'm thinking, how I'm feeling, realizing, oh, I I have a lot of fear in my head. And I'm I'm really running these dialogues a lot and just kind of ignored them. And as an Enneagram 6, like, I'm worried about safety and security, and I'm... There's, like, fear is, 24-7, like
1: huh?
2: 24-7. Yeah. Want the worst case scenario? I can give it to you, like, in a minute. Um. So part of it was the first step was being honest with myself and honest with my own thought life. Yeah. I am afraid, and there are fears. And as well as uh, things happen in life, and sometimes people are like, oh, that would never happen, and I...
1: You've been sp- the exception. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> and
2: stuff happens. So there's a part yeah. of me that's like... Y- I'm not crazy because it did happen. Yeah. Right. And Or I saw it happen in someone else's life, mm-hmm. and bad stuff happens, so my fear is not crazy, my fear is real. So understanding, first of all, I am feeling, what I'm feeling, what I'm thinking, observing that, and then do I really want to live a life that's marked out with fear? Do that's I really good. want to live a life that's that good. it's bordered by this chain link fence of fear? I really don't. Fear is so incredibly limiting. Let's use wisdom to to, to, to to protect, to have some guardrails. But then if I'm afraid, then I know I can face it. And you can't really have courage without being fearful. Right. You have to feel, feel, fear? Hold on, let me say that again. You have to um, fear, feel, 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 there's the word, feel, <laughs> fear, to then yeah. have courage and go yeah. forward.
0: That is really true.
2: And so there's that place of, okay, this is how I feel, there's some concerns, let's plan it out, and let's be wise. But then there's the part, you just got to, like, game face it. Here we go. Face your fears. Go for it.
0: It's really true. I think part of, like, overcoming fear is just knowing that it's there.
2: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And moving forward from it. And learning that my whole identity is not inside of that, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, because you're – we all going to deal with our different things, and we're going to feel – afraid at different times, or we're going to have our, well, someone said this, or someone said that, you just have to face it, honestly, I don't know, there's not, looking... no, that's really true, <laughs> Wish there was a more, like, elegant answer, but it's just, no, that's you good, you have to face it,
0: that's really true, so, with that being said, why youth ministry?
2: Because God called me into it when I was a teenager, and if I don't do youth ministry, I'm not doing what I was put on this earth to do,
1: and you feel that conviction? Like, how do you know that you know? Is it a...
2: I know that I know that I know. I know yeah. that I know I'm supposed to be in ministry more than I know the sky is blue. Wow. And I can still tell All you right. the That's moment, like, good. that moment Amen. where I was sitting and I'm listening to the youth pastor preach and we're praying and I could feel, I could just I feel God speak to my heart. That's good. Say, so You are the youth ministry. Now, at that point in time, I thought it meant run the snack bar, help out in the sound booth, <laughs> I'll just do that. That's cool. Yeah. I specifically told people I will never be a pastor, I will never speak on stage. I am terrified of being in front of people. I'm terrified to be on stage. I don't want to talk, to, I don't want people to look at me and then yet to know that God nudged me in this direction and, and, and there's appropriate times and spaces for me to be on stage to share his words. Yeah, in the back of my mind, yes, the fear is still running there, but I just know that I know that I know this is where God has called me to be.
1: I'm curious, so I know you just mentioned with that conviction, and that's how you know you you're supposed to be in youth ministry. Mm-hmm. My question to you is, but why sacrifice your youth for the next generation?
2: Because they matter. Because it's their eternal souls. And where where will they spend eternity? And and the next generation is facing so many different challenges. Do they know that there is a God? Do they know that there is a solution and answer to their problems and an answer to the deep, deep pain they're feeling? I think we say, you know, different generations deal with different things, but our current generation is dealing with utter chaos and craziness. And the pain that they feel is so very, very real. But our Savior is so very, very real, and and students matter. The next generation matters so much, and they are so worth it. They're so worth it.
0: Okay. So what advice would you give someone that is thinking of entering into youth youth ministry?
2: Pray over it like crazy. Don't ever go into ministry without having a full conviction you're supposed to be in ministry. Ministry is beautiful, and it's wonderful, and it's a privilege— but ministry is hard. And James he talks in three, I think it's James three, um, speaks about this portion of, that leaders are gonna get judged with more strictness. So I, I you wanna know that you know that you know that God is calling you into ministry um, because it, there's gonna be an extra level of accountability as, as there should be, as mm-hmm. there should be. Right. So know that you're supposed to be called into ministry. And when you know that, head in, um, be ready, be accountable. Training, having mentorship, you know, those types of things are very, very wise. Committing to grow as a leader. But yeah, what you have to know first. You have to know. And you have to know yourself. Not just because other people tell you. Because there's going to be a moment and there's going to be a night when no one else is there and you're going to question everything and you have to be able to be fully confident between you and God. This is where I'm supposed to be. Yeah,
0: that's really true. So you were homeschooled oh yes I was (laughs) so there's a part of you that you've experienced life a little differently than say a kid that's gone to normal public school yeah their whole lives and I know that your parents are very intentional about that yeah they chose to do that because of some of their own backstory right Mm Mm-hmm. and you face this all the time so how do you give advice to somebody that hasn't experienced the same things you have
2: that's a really great question. Um, so this is something I've felt a lot of insecurity with for a lot of years. Because there's been, you know, I growing up very, very differently from a lot of people and um, friends making jokes that I don't get a song or I don't I don't get, you know, some movie reference. Yeah. Growing up sheltered, all the things. And I felt like I didn't have space to talk about some of those things. Or like I haven't experienced those types of deep pain or deep issues. And I believe it was Brene Brown talks about holding space with someone. And that really just helped things click in my head. I don't have, I don't have to have all the same experiences to understand a piece of the experience. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, I am blessed both my parents are alive. And when I'm with someone that maybe has lost a parent, I don't, I don't fully understand that. But I understand what loss is like. So in that moment, while I don't, I'm not going to fully get that person, I can hold space with that person because I can understand what loss is or grief or betrayal or whatever that emotion is, even if I haven't experienced the exact same way in my life. So it's encouraged me, whoever I'm talking with, wherever our lives are different or similar, there's always a core piece I can hold space with. Mm -hmm. Um, And secondly, it's like, it's using wisdom from scripture. So I know scripture is true, I know it's sound, I can always go back to that. So I felt this way, especially in youth ministry when talking to youth parents. Well, I'm a single woman, I have no children of my own. What yeah. par- And I've, I've had parents ask me for advice, like how should I do chores with my child or should I have my child do this or this? And I felt so insecure, like who am I? Who am I to speak to this person? And so it, learning that I can speak to this this parent from wisdom from scripture, and, and you see Paul like he gives different, um, he does different teachings inspired by the Holy Spirit in yeah. scripture, and gives guidelines for marriages and for raising children um, that are biblical, based not based on experience. And so, yes, I don't have the experience; I don't have my own kids, but I can always go back to this is what scripture um, guidelines or this is wisdom from scripture, and I can I can meet someone there. Does that make sense? Yeah,
0: yeah, it really does.
1: So uh, speaking of experience, mm-hmm. in your experience, yeah. what are some of the challenges when it comes to breaking generational traditions or patterns? Mm.
2: So you mean generational like bad, like bad things? So yeah, let's or, say... Or like family traditions or something. Let's
0: say a, a student that you mm-hmm. have in your group has a parent that struggles with alcoholism mm-hmm. or struggles with certain things... Or they've never been to college, or you know the the little problems that it face that sometimes kids just go. Well, I'm just gonna be like my parents. Mm-hmm. It's totally okay to be just like my parents. Is it possible to break those generational traditions or patterns?
2: So it's totally possible because I've seen it. I've seen it in multiple people's families. Would I say that it's probably easy? No, and I think that if they were sitting here next to us, they'd say the same thing. It's not easy to break those things, yeah. but it is possible. It's totally possible. I think the the big things that that matter and that help with that type of th- uh, those types of layers of brokenness be, um, is prayer, accountability, and guardrails. Okay. Is that sometimes these types of major major issues? You need the Lord's strength to get through them and to break those. Or alcoholism, for example, and so for example, my grandpa um, dealt with alcoholism for decades, and to watch my mom come through that and my mom break that pattern and that sin ended there with That's my mom. Amazing. So to see my mom's life, that how she just in her, in her college years dedicated herself to the Lord you know, praying, really seeking after God to get the strength to say, this, it ends, it ends with me. It's done. But also getting accountability, having people in her life that could speak into her, that can hold her accountable, Um, and then adding guardrails. And so that would be rules that, when my parents got married, they made some rules in our house, for example, that there was no alcohol in, in our house growing up. So I never saw alcohol in my home. And that protected me and my siblings. And to know that I grew up with a parent that was never drunk, ever. Right. And it ended with my mom. Like, she put those guardrails in. And so um, I get to live in the blessings of her choices, which is beautiful. And so if someone's like, I don't know if I can change or just going to continue on, it can end. And then maybe one day your kid will be in the same spot as me and say, I got to live in the blessings of my mom or my dad because they made a decision and they surrendered this issue, this pattern, this sin, this, this brokenness to the God. And through hard work, through prayer, through the power of the Holy Spirit. It ends. It totally ends.
1: So perspective is everything, right? Acting on the perspective I don't need to be like my parents or their faults don't need to be my faults.
0: Right.
2: Yeah, we can you can say like statistically, you know, you see generations of the same type of behavior. But that does not mean it is always, and it's important to have yeah. that perspective. It, just because your parent dealt with this type of issue or this brokenness, does not mean it's guaranteed you will do the same. Yeah. You're not, um, you're not chained to your parents' decisions in that way that it's going to always repeat.
1: So the Bible tells us mm-hmm. to love our parents. So does breaking away from our parents mean that the love is lost?
2: yeah so obviously this question there's a lot there just because it really depends on your situation with your parents if it's how that all looks and I'm sure there's just there's tons of diversity in that type of relationships we have with our parents and yeah scriptures clear Jesus himself says we are to love one another and there's no like this is hard this is really hard if someone's struggling with this there's no expect there's no like exception to that commandment to love we are to love one another mm-hmm. um, and it even says including our enemies. That we are to love one another, right? And it says we're to pray for our enemies. That's like, deep. I think it's interesting yeah. though. It doesn't say pray for like our family and our friends, right? It's like almost like it's assumed that you pray for your family and your friends, but it specifically said pray for your enemies. Right. So if someone's in a situation where a parent is is in that place of it's um it's like an enemy. There's that much brokenness. There's that much. There's that much like pain or abuse or those types of things. The, the, the commandment is is to pray for that person. And honoring a parent is a heart issue. And we see that in the Old Testament, in the Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. We see that brought through um, to the New Testament. We see Jesus talk about that. We see Paul mention it. We're to honor our parents. But honoring our parents is a heart issue. It is not a toleration of abuse. Does that make sense? Yep. So we can honor a parent because that is, they are a parent. God put them in that position and they gave birth to us we share dna with them but honoring does not mean i'm tolerating abuse or i'm tolerating sin if yeah. that's the issue yeah. that's going on in a parent situation um and if that is happening like good. people need to get help get counseling heal from it if there's minors obviously how we get the law involved or how we get bring a community around that person to help um we can honor someone in the sense of i'm going to pray for them I am I'm going to respect them when I talk to them but then also having healthy boundaries. I may never live with them ever again. Right, right. I may put boundaries on how much they can show up on my house or if they're allowed to show up at my house or when they can call me or not call me depending on the type of situation. situation. And that's where good good group of people that can help counsel you um and, and to make those wise decisions and those wise boundaries especially when it comes to that deep brokenness especially with abuse.
0: So With that, Mm -hmm. do you have someone that you go to when things are hard? Do you have a person that you get advice from?
2: So, I would not say that I have one person, I have like multiple people. Mm -hmm. And so, if I need financial advice, I got this one, I got one person I go to. Mm -hmm. If I need advice as a woman in ministry, I go to this person if I am like struggling in my singleness and I'm just like, oh, it's hard being single right now. I go to another person, Um, and I am grateful that I feel like I've got a crew of friends um, and people that I really feel like I can count on. Got a you know, got a mentor. These people that I can go to, depending on the type of question, because I feel like sometimes it it differs depending on the situation.
0: So do you believe that every person should have those people?
2: Yeah, you got to have a You have we are. We are not created to go through life alone. Like, that's the first not good in Scripture. Sin hasn't even entered the world. Yeah. And Adam's alone, and God says, this is not good. Right, right. We are made to be with people. We're made to be in community. And it is it is unwise, unhealthy, and I I'd probably say, honestly, it's dangerous to mm-hmm. go through life without, your, without a crew. Right. And it's going to probably look different as our lives go through different seasons and things like that. But if you don't have people that can be 100% honest with you and you can be honest with them and they can hold you accountable, that is unhealthy and unwise.
0: Do you think that they help change your perspective when things are hard?
2: I don't think they're a good friend or mentor if they don't.
0: That's good. That's good. That's true. It's very true.
1: Start cutting them fake people out.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, but it is true. I mean, we've talked about it before that you need a team. And sometimes you do have to be
2: selective on who that team is. Yeah, and I have certain friends that like they feel like they've got like two people, and that's their crew, and that's great. Right. And then I feel like at the place where I am in my life, I mean, is that I've got about five women, um, also a couple a couple of men that that really do give me great advice and mentorship encouragement. And occasionally slap me upside the head if that needs to happen <laughs> too you know because um, sometimes it does um yeah
1: so having mentors and whatnot in a way they help support and help you grow in, in your own walk with God and also just in life in general right yeah and you also mentioned earlier that you were an Enneagram 6 yes so I want to take us back a little bit here with the Enneagram 6 I mean you're 24-7 kind of plan B plan C D to make sure things work out right um does overthinking ever cost you the growth hmm,
2: good question um yeah probably because you can get you can get frozen i could just like, yeah i can just procrastinate or freeze up because you're trying to run all the scenarios and trying to see what's the most safe option and i'm unsure what choice to make yes yeah, so you can get frozen and then just not make any decision and you can't stay in a stagnant place and grow it's true so, what do you do when you're stagnant? Be honest with the people that are around you. <laughs> yeah, so that's, they, yeah, that's move. Good. Because here's at the end of the day you can have great people speak into your life, but until you make the decision, nothing's going to happen. Yeah. People can give you amazing advice, but if you don't take it, nothing will change. Mm-hmm. And we have to be in this place of, of wanting to grow, wanting to change, being humble, and being willing to, all right, I got to take this and I got I to gotta choose to grow. And choose to to take the next step
1: and all the chaos of life and whatnot and especially youth ministry, right mm-hmm. with with all of that are there things that you do to fight
2: for the peace in your life oh yeah i think it's interesting the way you worded that fight because sometimes i think that's really really the way it needs to be is to yeah. fight for that mm-hmm. um and there's been a couple times in my life i've gotten pretty close to burnout and I'm like, I quit. I'm, I'm. This is it. My letter of resignation is in my inbox, and my, and I am like, gonna sell my house, and I'm gonna move up to the middle of nowhere, cause I just don't feel peace, and it feels like everything's falling apart, and I'm so stressed out. But a couple years back, I realized I had really missed the principle of the Sabbath from Scripture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially being in ministry, um, your weekend and, and Sunday is all about serving others, and there's a, and that's part of the job and the beauty and the. Uh, this privilege of, of being in leadership but that does not mean you're exempt for that principle of rest and um, jesus himself rested god rested when he made creation why do i think i'm better and i don't need to rest and so I, i've learned to like practice another day of the week where i'm very very careful about um what i do on that day on that day of sabbath and and choosing and actually like fighting to make space to rest you gotta like write it in the calendar plan it out Someone that's are you busy that day? yes I am busy resting with the Lord yeah. um yeah. That's and, awesome. and and learning and figuring it out like what are that's that, gonna look for you in your life and your season and my season is gonna look very different than uh, my sister-in-law who's you know in her 30s with three kids at home
0: right
2: right Our quiet times are very different um but how do you fight for peace in your current life and it may be good quiet time and space and it may be a loud time and space but it's your time with the lord and that's what matters and and i've struggled with even just like focusing during my own prayer times of yeah. like okay i need to sit i need to be here i need to meditate with on the lord and my brain is like man it is like a squirrel on crack cocaine yeah. and it's yeah. like everywhere <laughs> and what i don't know I was listening to some podcast and he was talking about just how we like even fight for like our own like disciplining in our own thought life, in our own brains. Yeah. And I love one of his, you know, his tips was like, our bodies love routines, so create a space and you do the same thing in that space and to help you focus. And I've done it where I've, I bought a floor pillow and when I sit on that pillow, it is my time with God and that's it. Yeah. Like I'm not allowed to touch my cell phone, like yeah. I, if I, like you know, and so I have that space and I make it a priority, that's when I sit. My phone, you know, has a text, bad I can't get it like I'm it's not I'm sitting here and that has even helped me discipline my mind and discipline my thoughts to be focused on this moment and man that makes made a huge difference in my life
1: yeah that's awesome we are creatures of habit
2: so what
0: is the best advice you give an overthinker that's trying to break out of their comfort zone
2: hmm break out of their comfort zone probably you start journaling and accountability I've, journaling can be a really helpful i'm i mind you i'm terrible at it i'm terrible at it yeah. but it is a great a great thing to like help like vert to like verbalize your thoughts if that makes yeah. sense and like cuz it gotcha. makes you slow down um because it's like so slow to write compared to like what's going on in your head and to get to those root causes, what why what's the problem with the comfort zone like why why am i struggling with it is it for example i'm just going to myself is it I'm uncomfortable being on stage because that's just a comfort zone thing, and I just need to just practice it and do it over and over again. Is it something? Maybe what? It, what if it's like a like a like a, like a fear based thing or a trauma thing? Um, so, for example, like I got um, I got my truck stolen a bunch of years ago, and sometimes that thought will come back in like, "Well, what if something bad happens again?" I'll go right straight there. Yeah. And that comfort zone thing is there's a fear based thing, so okay, I need to stop address the fear think that through, and then just work through it. So there's, I don't know, like, why are you in the comfort zone? Is it is it just just your own personal fear? Is it trauma? Is it bad past experiences? Dealing with figuring out whatever that base is, figure that out, and then you can kind of go through it. Gotcha. That makes sense. And get out of the comfort zone.
1: So I'm curious, and you've talked a lot about your heart for ministry, mm-hmm. and it's amazing, right, to, to see the confidence that you have and the conviction that you know that you know this is, what you're made for so with your huge heart for ministry what are some other things that you are passionate about as well
2: napping <laughs> <laughs> i feel that i second that
1: oh gosh <laughs> yeah. um, we need
2: we need adult nap times
0: yes yes we do i feel like that we is need grown-up necessary.
2: Nap uh sunday afternoon naps are real good also, sometimes I'll wake up and I'll like, what day is it?
0: <laughs> How old
2: am I? I don't even know. Um, yeah, not being because it's restful. I don't know. Um, people say, like, what are you passionate about? I'm like, well, I'm kind of into, like.
0: Yeah. So what, are the, like, are, what yeah. are the, like, top three things that you're super into right now?
2: Maybe drunking coffee. Oh, I don't know. The, like yeah. plants, kind of. Oh, that's right. yeah. funny. I do enjoy plants. I love plants. Um Can't keep plants alive, uh, but some that's plants your depends. Time. Like so it's not like I'm not like plant mom status. I'm more like the crazy plant aunt that mostly waters them, but not all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not like that passionate. I don't know. Um yeah, I enjoy that. Um I'm into paddle boarding sometimes when my schedule allows. Yeah. Um, there's something beautiful about like I like I like nature. Like there's a great like clears your head, peace, space in nature. But I'm like a drinking coffee on patios outdoorsy kind of girl like that's i'm just gonna go sit out in the middle of the lake on my paddleboard and talk to the lord and then call it a day you're not alone in that yeah i'm not like <laughs> not i appreciate there's i want to go hiking and camping you, you all do those things that's not for me <laughs> not for me, uh, that's me you're not scared
1: of the swamp monsters sticking no. his hand out grabbing no. the lake and... no oh gosh Mom, you're the only
0: one that... that doesn't like water all right water. Yeah. especially in this room I but... i've gone do- i've done it in all the right. dark
2: actually which is kind of beautiful um, I mean, most of the time, I don't let my legs hang over because that is a fear of mine. Yeah. Um, but it's more of like some crazy person is going in the parking lot hiding behind my truck and they're going to kidnap me and I'm going to end up in Mexico and they're going to sell my organs. That's more oh. where my thoughts go.
0: And you're gram six. Thank you very much.
2: But I have a paddle in my hand, so I will fight you with said paddle in the hand if they try Not to kidnap this. me. I have a plant. Also, I have mace. So, and so I have my location shared and my watch is waterproof, which has GPS, so... Yeah, Those you're... are my plans, guys. Those are my plans. When we all explain, the way down, yes. E or F. I got an. Op- I've got options. <laughs> <That's> the,
0: the <laughs> beauty of Enneagram 6 is, is that they are. You have that like backup plan every, everywhere. Mm-hmm. There's like a good piece to it, and then there's a part of it that's like, all right, that's a lot. But
2: I think it comes. So it comes back to like the perspective. Am, in that in that in that area of like the backup plans. Is it? If something goes wrong, we'll figure it out. Right. Or is it, I am going to live in fear the rest of my life.
1: Right.
2: Yeah. And I, so and good. also how I communicate. And this is something I have learned. I am still learning when I talk with friends or, 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 or my students or coworkers or parents or family members. Am I talking from a place of, like, this is fear and I'm just living in this place of fear because that is not healthy. That's not right. Or am I talking from a place of, hey, let's work through these possible problems so we can make things succeed. Right. And oftentimes, the the things that will come out of those conversations is the same, but it needs to go back to the perspective of is it healthy or is it unhealthy? Because that matters.
0: It does. It really does. I think the next generation, so generation,
2: Z. Gen Z, mm-hmm, definitely
0: mm-hmm. faces that. I think yeah. that the anxiety levels are so high. Yeah. And like millennials face the same thing. So yeah. I think... A lot of people live in fear, but they've never changed their perspective through it. So yeah. it's like we stop at fear. Yeah. We're not moving forward. So it's really good to hear somebody like you that's like, I'm going to step in. I'm actually going to minister to these to this next generation, but I'm also struggling with it too. Like yeah. I'm trying to get to a place where I am fighting my anxiety and fighting the fear of something going wrong because... Mm-hmm. If you've ever experienced ministry, everything that can go wrong will go wrong. (laughs) So true. So true.
2: Yeah.
1: So real quick, I know that you're going back for your master's. Yeah. If you had any advice for somebody with a learning disability, what would it be? Because I know you, you struggle with also a, a type of learning disability, right? So I'll let you talk about that a little bit and any advice for people who are struggling with that disability
2: yeah so i have dyslexia and um i just got retested and there's a bunch of other numbers that go with it which i don't know (laughs) um so a couple like couple things that like that so it's uh, issues with my letters obviously um when i'm writing but also phonetically and you may have heard at the beginning when i couldn't say that one word because that happens um also with numbers so like please don't ever give me your phone number quickly because i will for sure write it down wrong (laughs) And so I've always struggled with this and um, but being homeschooled this my mom spent a lot of time teaching me how to learn and teaching me tips and tricks and going to getting to a place of I have dyslexia and I have some of these learning disabilities, right. but I am not these learning disabilities. This is not my identity. This is something I have, Preach, and that perspective is huge. Mm-hmm. I am not dumb. I am not an idiot, No, but I am going to deal with these issues. And so um, now that I'm in my master's program, dude, arts <laughs> been super hard. <laughs> Right. <laughs> and the professor's like, okay, we're all going to read. I'm like, out loud in front of people? <laughs> um, I'm like dying a little bit inside. Um, so it is like, it is is, is, is it, the biggest thing is learning the perspective.
1: Yeah. Right.
2: Who are you? So at the end of the day, I'm a daughter of the Most High God. Nothing and no one can ever take that away from me. I am secure in that. I am secure in that part of my identity. You can see it so clearly in Romans 8. Right. But I am going to deal with my learning issues. It's going to be a part of me. Um, and learning that, OK, there's tons of tips and tricks. There's tons of resources. Praise the Lord of the life and the, and the area that we in the space we live in. There's so many different things and apps and little things that we can use um, to help us with that. And so use the tips, use the tricks, use the resources. But at the end of the day, and no one can make you believe it, until you're ready to grasp it. Yeah. That right. you are not your learning disability. You are you, and you have this issue.
0: Right.
1: Dang, that's really
0: good. <laughs> that is really, really good. I think when people see learning disabilities, they believe that it's never, it's not something they can overcome and it's not worth it. Um, why struggle to get to the next thing? So I see that with students too. Like,
2: yeah.
0: we... The hard, when things get hard sometimes as people we don't want to keep going so it's really important for us to realize like perspective is everything yeah. how can we change that thought pattern of yeah. I'm dumb or I can't do this because the reality is they can
2: yes 100% you can do it it may take you longer than the person sitting next to you and you just have to be okay with that and when they ask you know, I look at my friends that are in class like they spend a lot less time reading than I do. It just is what it is. I'm going to budget more time to read because that's who I am. But learning that, again, the perspective, I am not, I'm not dumb. Right. And my mom most demonstrated that. Not not told me, but she demonstrated it to me as we'd sit together as a kid and we'd do phonics together or we would do math together mm-hmm. and I didn't get it and it'd be wrong and I remember crying through phonics because I didn't get it. She's like, don't sound it out. Sound it out. I'm like, I don't hear it. Yeah, yeah, right, right, I'd be so mad that my math would be off or whatnot. And so this aspect of, okay, but she was crying and I was crying. And there was something about she doesn't understand it, but she held space with me. Yeah,
0: that's good, that's good. And
2: that helped me change my perspective on who I am.
0: It's good that. Somebody took the time to teach you and demonstrate it more than just tell you. Yeah. All right. So what is the biggest change you want to see as you keep continuing to serve this next generation?
2: I want them to know that they know Jesus loves them and Jesus will forgive them and that there's hope and forgiveness and salvation found only in him because everything else can change and be different. But that one thing is the absolute most important thing. And I really hope students find it now because it will change so much of the rest of their life. And it will help them avoid a lot of pain and a lot of suffering if yeah. they learn it now, as opposed to waiting until their 60s with all this brokenness and all this extra trauma and those types of things and there's all this baggage. Um, Not to say that God doesn't work in so many different ways. He totally does. But my personal preference is that Gen Z, these high school students, these junior high students learn it now. And then they get to live in the blessings of the wise choices they will make after. And get to live knowing that no matter what happens in their life, nothing can take away the love that God has extended to them, nothing can take away their salvation because we, we live in a world where things can change. You know, I say I'm struggling with dyslexia. Well, I could be in a car accident tonight and have permanent brain damage and, and not be able to read for the rest of my life. Things could get, actually get worse from this moment in space. Um, right. and so things can still change. We can still lose things. Your house could burn down. All these bad things can still happen. And, and, and there's parts of life that are hard. But if you have that one confident thing and that one thing that you know nothing and no one and nothing on this planet can take that away, there's a, there's a beautiful confidence to live in that space. And um, there's a scripture that says uh, in Isaiah, the, the, the grass may wither and the flower may fade, but the word of God stands forever. And that's been a verse that's really encouraged me when everything's falling apart and everything may fall apart. There's right. one thing and it's God's word that will remain. And I can hold on to that. Everything else may get taken from me, and my health can get taken from me. My my stuff can get taken from me. Um, parts of my own appearance can get changed after you have surgery. Like, and you might not get a choice on that. Right. But there's one thing that I can hold on to.
1: I thought you were gonna say, "The grass is green here on the other side," and I was gonna <laughs> say, hey, like, "I don't know if that's a Bible
2: verse." Right. They, <laughs> they they spray painted that grass green just oh, so you no. know. Oh, so gosh. it's all I fake.
1: Yeah, no, that's amazing, though. I, I know you talked a little bit about hope in that answer yeah. and whatnot as well, and I did not want us to forget this, but you also work with a organization called Arise, so can you yes. tell us how what that is and the hope that is in that um, organization, the purpose, the vision, and the dream for, for that?
2: So, uh, Arise is a women's organization based here in Phoenix, Arizona, and the the vision and the beauty of Arise is wanting to see beautiful unity and connection and growth Mm -hmm. and worship and also outreach. And and to see that women can come from many different churches, many different backgrounds, ethnic groups, ages, but can come together as a beautiful picture of the unity that is in the body of Christ to support each other, to love each other, to encourage each other, to have those friendships. That's awesome. And um, to grow, to worship together, and to also serve. And so that's a little bit more my focus because I'm the outreach coordinator for Arise. So each month I get the privilege of helping to organize and support different outreaches that we do um, to different organizations right here in Phoenix. And so, um, yeah, this week we're actually doing a walk partnering with A21 um, against human trafficking. So it's beautiful to get to, like, see women from different backgrounds come together. I love that.
0: I don't know, I get, I'm, I get to go to Arise, mm-hmm. experience Arise, so I do see that, like, the beauty of unity and mm-hmm. coming together isn't always shown, and especially in different parts of, the, you know, our valley, I know that when you go to a church, you go to a church, and that's, that's who your, your group is, and so, like, when you have things like Arise, that brings multiple churches together. Yeah. It changes things.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome to see how positive arises as well because normally when you think it's a women event, sometimes social media has made it a bad thing. It's a women's rally. It's they're mm-hmm. gonna talk about women's rights and mm-hmm. why they need to get paid more and
2: yeah. sometimes yeah. it can
1: be a turnoff, but it's great to see that actually this is fighting for that and more.
2: Yeah. yeah. Women can be encouraged or feel like seen. Yes. And so many of the leadership team is actually part of, the group, of my like group of people I go to when I have questions or struggling with different things that will hold me accountable, that will encourage me, that I can go to it for advice. Right. And to see that the coming together is, is exciting, encouraging.
1: Well, thank you so much, Christine. We um, love having you here, and there's just so much more to say and that I think you have that we can glean and learn from. So really So appreciate true. your time, really.
2: Well, thanks for having me, guys. It's been fun.
0: Yeah. So if you want to know more about Christine, you can find her information on our social media pages. Please um, make sure you're following us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Beyond the Space. We're super excited for this season and the people that we get to continue to talk to like Christine.
1: And Lauren as well. So if you've not heard her, please go back and check it out. Go
0: check it out. She's, she is also a Really strong
2: woman. Uh, she's pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm grateful to call her my BFF. <laughs> yeah. Yep. All
0: right,
2: All right guys, guys. We'll
0: see you next week. This is Kristen. And this is Long. And this is Beyond, Beyond the This space. space.
1: Bye, Christine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, <yeah. laughs>